In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In Genesis chapter 2, God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. We are told that man became a living being. The sin of Genesis 3 caused death, and death is the severing of this life-giving connection to God through the Spirit that was established in Genesis 2. Pentecost restores us to life. We are raised from that death of sin unto new life. We participate in Easter through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost establishes the new covenant prophesied by God through the prophet Jeremiah. Quote, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers when I led them by the hand out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. Pentecost fulfills the promise God made through the prophet Ezekiel. Quote, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from your idols. And I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Apart from the gift of the spirit, we are stuck in the natural human cycle of futility. We want to do the will of God, but we fall short of achieving what we desire. As St. Paul says in Romans, I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For the good that I want to do, I do not do but the evil I do not want to do is what I keep on doing. The Holy Spirit answers our futility in two ways. First, the Spirit ministers to us the grace of forgiveness for our failures. The Spirit cleanses us from our filthiness and from our idols. And second, the Holy Spirit fills us with the very love of God so we can begin to love as God loves, and so fulfill the law. As Romans says, quote, that the just requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. We receive the gift of the Spirit through the sign of water in baptism. We pray for the strengthening gifts of the Holy Spirit in the sacrament of confirmation. But neither of these sacraments will make us 
automatically obedient and faithful. <clears throat> Neither of these sacraments will magically cause all of our actions to be motivated by love. Rather, the Spirit establishes our relationship with God and gives us the capacity to grow. But we must work at the life of prayer if we want to make progress and grow in the Spirit. The gift of the Spirit does not free us from the need to work. The gift of the Spirit frees us from futile labor, from work that does not accomplish what it desires to accomplish. We must make the effort in the Christian life by acts of the will to pray, to make good confessions, to do good works. However, when we make these efforts in the Spirit, our labor achieves the desired end. It becomes fruitful. In the Spirit, our prayers are heard by our Heavenly Father. Our confessions lead to the experience of forgiveness. <clears throat> and forgiveness and God's grace change us and give us the power to behave, to love in new ways. In our natural state, we can strive to be good, but we will always fall short of the mark. Life in the spirit begins with forgiveness and grace and God's acceptance. It grows into virtue and good works. And it ultimately results in the resurrection of the body and the life in the world to come in God's new creation. As Romans says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. The gift of the Spirit makes us witnesses for Christ. And this does not mean primarily that the Spirit leads us to talk about Jesus. Since we have the Spirit, and through the Spirit God is at work in our lives, our lives necessarily bear witness to the work that God is doing in the world. Our verbal witness telling people about Jesus should be our explanation of what people see of the Spirit in our lives. On Pentecost, the Spirit descended upon the disciples and caused them to speak in various foreign languages. And this activity of the Spirit enabled all the pilgrims who were in Jerusalem for Pentecost to hear the words of the Gospel in their native tongues. Peter then gave a sermon that explained to the people what the Spirit had just done, what the meaning of the activity of the Spirit was. Likewise, as we tell others about Jesus, it is our explanation of the activity of the Spirit in our lives. The witness of the church has often been too wordy, we have talked too much about Jesus, but people have not always seen Jesus in us. The Holy Spirit changes us 
from the inside out. As we, <clears throat> as we work at the life of prayer over time, as our experience of forgiveness grows, as we learn to practice new patterns of behavior, people will see these fruits of the Spirit in our lives. Without this interior transformation, in organic fruit, talk about Jesus becomes merely intellectual debate. Jesus becomes an idea rather than the Lord and Savior whom we know personally in the Spirit. This is why our commitment to be witnesses to the world must begin with a commitment to the life of prayer into our own interior growth and holiness. Before we can tell others about Jesus, there must be some change in us that bears witness to him. Our witness to Christ in the Spirit is primarily a communal witness. We are baptized into Christ, and the Spirit makes us members of a body. And we can never understand our identity apart from that communal connection. How we behave as the body of Christ is our primary witness to Christ. Acts tells us that on Pentecost, the first Christians were all in one accord in one place. Their unity in the worship of God and in their love for each other prepared them to receive the gift of the Spirit. Those outside the church will see Christ in our community primarily by the way we love one another in the Spirit. As Jesus himself said, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And our communal witness is an invitation we are called to share with others this life in the Spirit that we have received as a gift. Forgiveness and the Holy Spirit are available to everyone who turns away from sin and puts their faith in Jesus Christ. In the words of Revelation, quote, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who desires take the water of life freely and without price. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.